It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio.
Thank you, thank you for tuning in to another edition of MTAS Radio. Our purpose is to encourage members of the black community to think about our role and responsibility to ourselves, our families, and the community at large. We believe that the choices that are being made are a direct result of information we take in and a lack thereof. We want to empower you by continuing to provide you with information and conversation that will make you think and ultimately lead to the necessary actions that so desperately needed throughout our community. Today we won't have a we're gonna have a very um dealing with the whole um subject matter of don't judge a book by its cover, what every black American could learn from President's uh President Obama's Morehouse speech. Um, want to join us at www.m-tas.org. Again, that's www.m-tas.org. Also, watch us on Facebook, Leah Dinosaur. Uh, read our latest blog, Dealing with um, Planning to Win. Also, check out some of the other blog postings uh, we, we've had in uh, recent uh, months as well. Also, want to continue to invite and remind you to join the various conversations uh, surrounding around various issues that's um, affecting our community and also the larger society. Uh, again, last week we finished our discussion dealing with um, the whole, um, the entire book of Good to Great by Jim Collins. I want to remind you again, if you did not join us on that. Um, just pick up a copy of that book. Uh, reason why we continue to um, not actually rush through the various book selections that we choose is certainly because we want to actually learn the various life, life lessons and principles that's uh, put forth by the various authors of um, um, those particular writings. Um, I want to remind you that um, today we'll start. Um, we'll start to deal with, well, we won't deal with it, but I want to remind you to actually pick up a copy of Napoleon Hill's, um, uh, the very last book that he released, or the very last book that his organization released, entitled Outwitting the Devil. Um, Again, that's right, Outwitting the Devil. Um, It's a masterpiece. You'll certainly um, enjoy that particular book, so I want to encourage you to pick that one up, and you have the opportunity, if you do not join us um, on our read of Good to Great over the last 90 days, you have a great opportunity to begin this journey with us as we uh, as we begin to read um, Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. Again, that's what we're all about. We're about um, empowering ourselves through information and encouraging every last to do the same and also to encourage others to read along with us as we continue to empower our community through information and great conversation. Again, like us on Facebook, and we're going to deal with the whole piece today, uh, not judging the book by its cover, uh, President Obama's speech at Morehouse last week. We had uh, some special guests on the line, um, Randy Evans and also Akbar Bea, a very spirited conversation. Um, if you did not get a chance to hear that discussion um, regarding the Chicago public school closings and um, President Barack Obama's speech, we dealt with it briefly, but we didn't get a chance to get um, into the meat of that whole discussion. So that's why I just wanted to come back this week and just deal with uh, deal more 
about some of the lessons that we could have learned from that particular speech. And certainly I get that a lot of, um, you know, he got a lot of backlash from, from the speech. And I and I certainly um, do not want to make light of the, the criticisms, but many times what tends to happen is in the midst of us having different issues by way of who delivers the message, sometimes we miss the message. So it's almost, it goes back to the old saying, don't shoot the messenger. Don't shoot the messenger. That's not, that's not to say that, again, I'm making light of the fact that Again, I apologize. Having a little technical difficulty there. Uh, looked like I, it looked like we, we we dropped there, but we're we're back again. Um, that's not to make light of the various criticism that was um, actually um, reported by the various um, news outlets by way of um, the current president actually chastising blacks every occasion he gets to speak to a predominantly black audience. I certainly understand those concerns. I don't make light of it. Uh, That's not what I want to address and deal with on today's um, call and discussion. I want to deal with some of the things that we could have actually taken away from that particular speech, and let's let's face it, desperate times call for desperate measures. That's not to say that the speech given um, to the 2013 graduating class at Morehouse College was an act of desperation, but I will say this. As a community, we are facing some trying times. We're talking 70% of black men dropping out of high school, 70% of black households um, being headed um, by black women, and the mass incarceration of young black males. So let's be honest with ourselves and uh, face that fact and face that reality that um, we are living during some very trying times as a, as a community. So few will argue the point that as black men, we must do a better job providing the right type of example, being responsible men and leaders in our families and our communities. So we can't argue the fact that that's pretty much what we're, what we're dealing with. So when you when you talk about what when you, when we talk about the critique and criticism of the speech that uh, President Obama um, gave to that particular gra- graduating class, we have to consider that on the backdrop of what I just actually mentioned: seventy percent of uh, um, a black men dropping out of high school, and um, um, that number um, in, in some urban environment environments are even higher. So. That's what we have to face, and that's what we have to deal with. And um, we, so we, 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 again, let's not let's not shoot the messenger all the time. I want to actually share with you some of the things that he actually um, said in his his particular his particular speech um, to this particular graduating class. He said that I understand there's a common fraternity fraternity creed here at Morehouse. Excuses are tools of the incompetent used to build bridges to nowhere, a monument of nothingness. Well, we've got no time for excuses, but we got no time for excuses, not because the bitter legacy of slavery and segregation can vanish, 
They're still out there. It's just that in today's hyper-connected, hyper-competitive world with millions of young people from China and India and Brazil, many of whom started with a whole lot less than all of you did, all of them entering the global workforce alongside you. Nobody is going to give you anything that you have not earned. And he made that particular statement, um, and a lot of what he said is true in the sense of um, the global market and the competition that um, that we all face in this competitive workforce. And he, and this particular statement was actually met with a host of applause. So what should we take from that? What should we take from that, or what should we understand? Here's the point I want to make to you. Here's what I believe that President Obama gets. He gets the fact that racism and discrimination is out there, and it exists. Again, our president gets that particular fact that racism is out there, discrimination is out there, and that it does exist. And that's based upon his own admission. Um, and I don't take lightly. I don't make. I don't take lightly um, the fact that he admitted to that because I think it's important when we're able to acknowledge the challenges that we face as a society and also some of the challenges that we may face in our personal lives. I think that's step number one, admitting to the problem and admitting that there are some challenges out there. It seems like um, it seems like he, he gets that racism exists and discrimination exists, but the reality of it is what do you do after what do you do after you realize that those challenges are out there and you're faced with those challenges? And that's what we have to understand. We have to understand that he gets it, but that's not the only thing that he gets. He don't. He, he not only gets that racism exists and discrimination exists, and, and that um, discrimination exists. He also gets the um, the whole piece of globalization. So we can't get stuck on the whole conversation of racism. We can't get stuck on the entire conversation of discrimination because um, not only are um, those are some of the challenges that we still face, and I believe that we will continue to face. We have to actually deal with what's taking place in the larger community and what's taking place um, throughout the world. So um, he gets globalization and the impact that that's having on communities of color and the black community in particular. Again, I quote, uh, just to prove that he gets it, he gets racism. He said, not because racism and discrimination no longer exists. We know those are still out there. It's just that in today's hyper-connected and hyper-competitive world with millions of young people from China and India and Brazil, again, guys, he said millions. We're talking about millions of people that's competing for the same opportunities that we're all out there competing for and trying to prepare ourselves for. So many of whom started with a whole lot less than all of you did, them entering the global workforce. And that's what we have to get. That's what we have to that, hey, the world is a little more complex and complicated. I, not just simply uh, what takes place in our community, what takes place in our country. It's about different developments going on all around um, all around the world. So um, that's the first thing I think that all of us could learn from this particular speech that he gave to the graduating class of, of, of Morehouse College. The second thing that I think that um, the president understands, um, he understands that in the midst of great challenges, 
also lies great opportunities. I think if we if we listen and read this particular speech more intently and carefully, we'll get that he understands that point as well. That in the midst of great challenges, there also um, there also lies great opportunities. And America is that place where dreams can come alive. And certainly his life and millions of other people's lives is a testament of this one particular fact. And maybe that's a testament to um, his first point, that millions of people are competing for the same opportunities that America, that Americans throughout this nation is competing for. So let's, let's face it here. Let's face it here. Here you have, you have an entire you have a generation while they current you have a current generation while while whereby a rapper will rap jokingly about the lynching of Emmett Till, right? Where where there was a time when such an occurrence when such an occurrence would breed terror in many blacks. So what's my point? My point is that there has been progress made um in this country. Even when you take the when you take that very point. And once was a generation that just the 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 potentiality of a black man being lynched breed uh, breeded terror in the hearts and minds of millions of black Americans. Now this present generation, you might have you 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 have a rapper in the likes of uh, Lil Wayne who will jokingly rap about the lynching of Emmett Till. So we have moved as a country past many points. And I think that's one of the points that our president made in his speech. He said, nobody cares how tough your upbringing was. Nobody cares if you suffer from some form of discrimination. And moreover, you have to remember that whatever you've gone through, it pales in comparison to the hardship previously generation, previous generations endured. And they overcame them. And if they overcame them, you can overcome them. Again, he was met by a host of applause here. He said, you now hail from a lineage and legacy of immeasurable strong men, men who bore tremendous burdens and still laid the stones for the path on which we now walk. You wear a mantle of Frederick Douglass and Booker T. Washington and Ralph Bunch, and Langston Hughes, and George Washington Carver, and Ralph Abernathy, Thurgood Marshall, and yes, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. These men were many things to many people, and they knew full well the role that racism played in their lives. But when it came to their own accomplishment and sense of purpose, they had no time for excuses. So get it i get the criticism i get the i get the criticism i get the complaints by um some members of um our community who um actually took issue with those with those remarks but let's face it what was he saying i goes back to my my first point and my first lesson i think all of us must learn from um from this particular speech that he's not saying that racism isn't out there he's not saying that discrimination doesn't exist he gets the fact that those things are very prevalent throughout our society. He's saying that there's greater issues, there's greater concerns. And even at a time in our community, at a time in our culture, when we first when we faced a lot more hardship 
and a lot more difficulty, men like Ralph Abernathy, men like George Washington Carver, Booker T. Washington, Frederick Douglass alike, they didn't make any excuses. They got the job done. Another thing I want to make mention—I want to make mention of um, today is the first Sunday in June. This this particular month we celebrate fathers, and uh, next Sunday uh, will be Father's Day. And um, and 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 on the eve of Father's Day, and giving this speech given to um, a group of black college. Um, graduating uh, a group of black men graduated from college, I, I truly believe this particular message and this t- particular speech was very fitting. So again, he said no time for excuses, and it just wasn't it just wasn't a critique or a criticism. We have to face it. The world around us is moving. Um, globalization is real. And he mentioned that, and that's something that we have to consider, and it's something that we can't take lightly, and we have to begin to understand what effect that, that what effect that has had on our community, and what effect that that will continue to have on our community. Here's another point that I want to make: President Obama was not speaking to the entire black community; he was speaking to a group of black young black men who was graduating from college. Let me say that again. He was not speaking to the entire black community. Our community is not a monolith. So what's my point? My point is this. Many things that he mentioned, I think it was I think it was important to be said. I think that the audience by which um he made these remarks to, um, I think that it was appropriate because Commencement does not necessarily mean that we we've learned all of the lessons that we need to learn. It means that we've reached a point in our life that uh, we can look back on and is worth celebrating. But hey, let's not. But the celebration should not stop. The journey should not stop. And the and the and the, the goals and the life lessons that we have to learn must continue. So. When I when I hear the various critiques saying that he should not have um, taken such a um, such a harsh tone to um, these young men because they already um, seem to have their act together and they were doing a phenomenal job and uh, I would say yeah you're absolutely you're absolutely correct I, I believe those young men uh, are deserving of our uh, uh, respect and appreciation but the journey should not stop there and the journey should not end there so many of his remarks was quite fitting and uh, it needed to be said. I think a third lesson, uh, one of the one of the final points I want to make to you relative to uh what I gather from this particular speech, um and that I think all of us must take a must take away from this is that in order for things to change we must change them. I think that if you actually took out the time to read the speech or listen to it on YouTube, whichever whichever works for you, you would get that was peppered throughout his speech is of personal responsibility, and I don't care um, if it's, if it's, if if the message of personal responsibility is given to a predominantly black audience or a predominantly white audience. For us to take responsibility for our actions and what takes place in our community and our world, um, that's for us to decide to win and take control of our lives. So I don't take issue with that at all. And that was peppered throughout his speech um, and what he was saying. And when he pointed out the great black men who had many struggles in life, and he pointed to their example, he also acknowledged the example of um, his audience, the example of the college graduates. 
we can't forget the power of their example and what and what that means. And with the power of their example and what that means. So we again we, 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 we must again understand that in order for things to change, we must change them. Um he he gets that. I get that and I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure many of you get that point that um we have to be the change that we're looking for. We can't look to government for government to um fix all the problems that uh face us as a society and as a community. And here's one thing I want to share with you relative to that particular point. Um and I believe um yeah, this was um, a meeting that was had uh with Dr. King and Andrew Young um um in 1964. I'm reading from an article that I'll actually post on my on um the MTAS Facebook um page entitled Obama Speaks as Father and Chief at Morehouse College Commencement. And uh, I want to share with you uh, just a brief paragraph from this particular article. It says, in 1964, when Dr. King and Andrew Young left President Lyndon Johnson late one night, after hearing the president explain why he could not introduce the voting rights legislation, Johnson concluded with the phrase, the president doesn't have as much power as you think. When they left, Dr. King was not discouraged. When Young said, what do you think, Martin King? I'm sorry, what do you think, Martin? King said, I think we have to get this president some power. This was mid-December, and by January the 2nd, 1965, they were marching in Selma. By the end of March, Johnson was introducing the very Voter Rights Act that he previously said he had no power to do. It was this Morehouse tradition that President Obama was laying claim to, a challenge to young leaders not to wait for government, but to help the president get some power in the midst of the challenges of our time. He continues, the president does not give power, give the people power. The people give the president power. So when we look at this particular speech and we begin to critique and criticize what was said and how it was said, let us make sure that we're uh, we're being thoughtful in what um, what the president was actually saying. And let us make sure that we understand that in order for things to change, we must change them like that previous generation of black men and like that previous generation of black women came together in 1964. President Lyndon Johnson said that, hey, the president doesn't have as much power as you think. King and the rest of the civil rights leaders didn't go away. They didn't go away discouraged when he when he was asked the question by um, Andrew Young, what do you think we should do? King said, we need to go and get this president some power. So we can't take no for an answer. We can't take uh, uh, poor education or closing of public schools as being the end-all, be-all, that our children will no longer um, um, receive a quality education. We cannot accept the fact that um, we have high unemployment among uh, our black youth or throughout the black community as being reason to be discouraged. We have to do something about it. President Obama talked about the need for more black businesses, and he encouraged the, he encouraged this next generation of black men to go out there and be the change that we all look for. And many of the graduating class actually met 
um, actually um, respectfully received many of the president's remarks. So, again, these are some of the lessons, and these are some of the lessons that we should all have taken away from this particular speech. And we should not be so quick to judge the book by its cover. The media uh, and the various media pundits, uh, when I first was made aware of this particular speech, uh, again, I thought that this was another example of, this was another example of um, the president, um, as I often heard, chastising um, a group of black folks about some of the um, concerns he had relative to the black community. Um, and I did not read the speech. I just actually um, took um, the media um, and other people's word for it. But after I read the speech for myself, I was pleasantly surprised. I actually um, shared with my children the speech. I told them to read it. I'm encouraging you you guys to go out there and read it and um, share it with your children because I think it's something that we all should continue to remind ourselves of, ourselves of. And um, and it was just the truth. Again, we should not shoot the messengers. Don't shoot the messengers. Um, the truth is what it is. Um, I, I either uh, like it or leave it alone. So we have to get to that particular point of our understanding and our, and our particular our particular development. Again, um, the last lesson I got for we have to be the change that we're looking for. We're left to roughly about five minutes left in this particular conversation. I want to remind you to join us at um, www.m-tas.org. Again, that's www.m-tas.org. Like our page on Facebook, Money Had Been a Sword. Uh, again, we're today we're starting our um, our latest read of Napoleon Hills. Um, the last book that his organization uh, released entitled Outwitting the Devil. So, again, when you when you talk about the various challenges that we face as a community, that we face as a country, I think that particular book you'll find very fitting, some of the um, life lessons and principles that he started in this, that particular book. And that's one of the things we try to constantly do over here at MTAS, provide you with information that is thought-provoking, powerful, and that we can begin to um, institute within our various communities and our various homes, respectively. Um, and, what, and, again, the, the, the speech given by President Obama to this particular graduating class was um, an example of the life lessons and the life principles that we all have to learn and continue to embrace. So what am I saying? Hey, as a community, we have to learn to embrace. Globalization is real. It exists. What do we think happened when we, when, what do we think occurred with the uh, crack epidemic? How was an opportunity for crack to enter the black community? Um, a lot of that had to do with the deindustrialization, the industrial, deindustrialization slash globalization, and that's what the president dealt with. Millions of other folks, um, um, and he mentioned young people from China, India, and Brazil in particular, um, actually competing for the same job as a part of this global workforce. So um, as a community, we have to face that reality. It's a global workforce, and in order for us to remain relevant, we have to, we have to, um, we have to be able to compete. We have to be able to compete, and we have to make sure that um, we're staying abreast of the various um, skills that employers are um, in demand of and that we are paying attention to the various developments that are taking place around the world, not only in this country. And, again, we, again, we have to understand that although we face many challenges as a country and we face many challenges as a community, 
It doesn't mean that opportunities doesn't exist. It doesn't mean that America is not still the land of the free and the land of opportunities. There are many opportunities out there that we have to avail ourselves of and we have to take advantage of. So, again, that's the reason why we have these conversations each and every each and every Sunday at 530, and that's the reason why MTAS is an organization. We try to bring um, various thought leaders to your attention. We recommend various books that we all should be familiar with and reading together and learning whatever um, lessons that we can actually um, take from those various writings. Again, we don't. I don't have all the answers. I'm pretty sure that um, you don't have all the answers. But when we come together, we can certainly get closer to whatever the answers, whatever the answers are um, that's affecting us as a community, and that we get a, and that we get our community back on the right track and this country on the uh, on the right track. One another thing I want to point out, and I never want to actually leave us with a, um, a skewed perception as to what these conversations are about and what MTAS is about. Um, this, although we talk about about various issues that primarily affect our community, um, the black community is what I'm referring to. It's not to say that other cultures and other communities are not faced with some of the same challenges. Globalization has not only affect has not not only had a tremendous impact upon um, um, the black community, it's had a tremendous impact upon um, the American workforce in general. So I don't want us to have a myopic worldview about some of these discussions as to what we're talking about here. Even when we talk about issues of the influence of music and role models and things of that nature, do understand that uh, uh, um, other communities alike are dealing with some of the same challenges. It's not like that um, as, as black community, as the black community, or as black Americans, we have a market on we have a market on social ills. So uh, I never want you to feel that way, or take uh, or have that as a takeaway, regardless of what we whatever we're discussing. And that's why we all. We, that's the reason why we. We continue to try to recommend books like From Good to Great, Jim Collins, and Outwitting the Devil because that's what it's all about. We can talk about problems um, uh, for the next 50 years, but at the end of the day, what are some of the solutions, what are some of the plausible answers to the questions that we have, and how do we go from good to great, and how do we begin to outwit, how do we begin to outwit the devil? Whatever you know, understand, and believe the devil to be, certainly we need to have that conversation certainly we need to have that particular discussion uh again why don't you continue to join us as we continue to have various discussions throughout this week um on the mtas facebook page if you there's been various uh, questions posed and um very um and some interesting discussion as well. Um, last week we dealt with the whole uh, public school closing. That was a great discussion. Again, um, our guest was um, Akbar Bayai and uh, Brother Randy Evans. Um, you should check out that discussion. Uh, you should definitely check out that discussion if you haven't had the opportunity to already do so. Um, very spirited. They did not. They didn't quite agree on all points, but it was a very respectful conversation. I appreciate them for joining uh, that for joining that discussion and being a part of the MTAS family. Again, uh again join us at www.m-tas.org. Again that's www.m-tas.org. And I want to remind you that MTAS 
is an organization that encourages that encourage intellectual development and relationship building, cultural and financial literacy. And that's um, why that's the purpose of these conversations. That's the purpose of the blog, and that's the purpose of these um, the various um, um, phone calls that we have, and the various guests we'll continue to bring bring to you each and every week. So um, again, we'll um, join you. Join us back here next week, 5.30, and join us back each and every week, 5.30, every Sunday, 5.30, and I appreciate you for joining this particular call and for being a part of this conversation dealing with Don't Judge a Book by its Cover, um, lessons that we all could could have learned from uh, President Obama's speech given to the graduating class over at Morehouse um, University. Again, why not judge a book by its cover? Because you need to actually uh, read the book for yourself. Come to your own conclusion. Come to your own understanding as to uh, what that speech was about and what takeaways you will um, actually have for your own individual life. Again, www.m-tas.org. Reach us there and like us on Facebook, Mightier Than a Sword. And we'll see you back next week. And remember, the community that we live in is the community we create. We believe that there are two types of people, people who don't know and people who don't care. I am responsible. We are responsible. Join the movement, www.m-tas.org. Like us on Facebook, and we'll see you back next week, 530. Thank you for listening. Take care. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh.